The recent Simpsons. You know that there was one the other day where they were like, there was like a, a thing about, it was like a riff on Gone with the Wind and Marge was uh, reading Lisa a book that was like premised on that. And then they like, and then Marge gets really pissed off because it's all dated and it's super racist. And then Lisa looks over to like a portrait of Apu she has on her bedside and she's like, yeah, I mean, it's terrible when writers of, of shows or novels are unable to um, make jokes that, that age well. I mean, I just think that's very inclusive because I also have a portrait of the nearby convenience store guy on my bedside table. I think it was like a thing. I don't think it was like, yeah. No, yeah. no, of course. It was, I mean, it, well, all, what it means is that also it's good because all of those conservatives and intellectual dark web guys who say they keep getting silenced finally have clearly got a writer on The Simpsons. And that's really good because those <laughs> yeah. guys need a voice, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh I mean, the only person that has been listening to them up to now has been you, right? On your little weird forums where you yeah. talk about what was it you were talking about earlier? Uh, oh, right. Uh, busting. Um, Busting! Yeah. Busting! <laughs> oh, bu busting! My favorite band of the 2000s. No, I was talking about a thing related to a bus. God damn it. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about demoting people in the military. <laughs> Imagine if that's what busting someone down actually meant. Like they, they... It is what that is means. That what no, no, that it means? is. It is yeah. what it knows in like, but like the process is like, okay, you're a sergeant. Right, and now you now you're going to be a private, on. but someone just wow. jizzes on your face. It's and that's literally, how it, it works though, because private... Right, uh -huh. Uh -huh. a private busts you, busts you down. Yeah, it's, that it's, works on every level. Well, a private doesn't bust you down. You get busted oh, no, down you to private. Get busted down as you're a private. Okay, no, yeah. bust you all the way down to your I'm private. Gonna you, I'm gonna bust yeah. you until you're a private. They would say that would work. <laughs> that, that would work. <laughs> bust <laughs> you repeatedly and with malice. <laughs> Welcome once again to Trash Future, the podcast about how if we do not implement fully automated luxury gay space communism, the future is and will be trash. I got it right for the second time in a row the first time. Hell yeah, my we good are, bitch. We are, whoop, whoop. We, are, we are a long way into this podcast. I've never gotten it right except for the last couple of weeks, um, which is astonishing. Training hard and showing results. <laughs> And uh, today we are talking about a bunch of shit. And uh, who am I with from my right? It's me, Marlo Edwards, the original, the original boy. But back, back in the goddamn West where fascism is merely something they're trying to do rather than something they've already done, like in Russia. Um, so that's good. Uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be back live oh. and, uh, and talking about the Wehrmacht. <laughs> In uh, my favorite caliphate of all, the caliphate of Tower Hamlets. I don't actually think the Wehrmacht was good. It was, it was all a gag. <laughs> it was, I'm, but, I'm a, it was but a humble gag. It's all going to get put in. Yeah. The thing is, all the, all the original stuff is going to get edited out, and then people are going to wonder what it is you said. It's going to be like true. the Utah story. DM Alex Keeley about <laughs> yeah, the Utah story. Again, stop DMing us for the, for the Utah story. Yeah, stop. because sometimes it does feel like when you listen yeah. to this that you just missed out on like some sort of big in-joke that you guys have just neglected to tell everyone, but actually it's just because everything you, to, you said has been edited this out. This show is canonical. It's like The Sopranos. You have to listen. It's canonical. You have to do all of it. It's canonical. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like, like a cone. Liv, like Livy, Pliny, us, <laughs> and this. Most of us should be fired out of a canon in that, in that sense. Well, we just did three different de definitions of canonical. <laughs> Hell yes. yes. Note that my Hell definition my yes. definition of canonical did not include Virgil, and it never will. And <laughs> and me, uh, Grace Blakely. I am here to mix up the generic 
white boy vibe by adding a generic white girl vibe. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so we diversity are, we like. I was going to say, of, of, of all of the ways in which people tend to criticize stuff, uh-huh. um, in as much as everyone's like, oh, you're just a bunch of white boys who are at Oxbridge. That's all true. Yeah, you're changing precisely one of those demographics. Yeah. Key. It's yeah. called diversity. Exactly. Get with the fucking program. It's are we allowed to swear on this, by the way? Yes. Okay. No, keep my timeline pure, please. <laughs> no, it's 2015, okay? I'd like us to get some diversity. You're allowed to say what the heck in a heated moment. <laughs> you have no, you have to say, you can, you can say you can say what the heck, but you have to caution all young children and women and people with heart conditions to leave the room first. <laughs> Unless they're Amy Schumer and can handle swearing. We're professionals. We we can say heck. <laughs> you kids at home don't be trying this. <laughs> It's, it's, it's like it's like entirely linguistic jackass. We've made our peace with God. <laughs> uh, Whoever she may be, Justin Trudeau, peace out. Um, oh God! Oh yeah, I forgot about that shit. <gasps> wow! J- the whole J.K. Rowling like about truths. His whole thing is like trying to be really good at Tinder. Like what you would like what you would say if you wanted everyone to swipe right is like Justin Trudeau's whole vibe. Like ri- like centrist, liberal, like crying about refugees, like um Jordan Peterson crying Jordan, about individualism. Well, yeah, and God is a woman. Like those are all I would I, Yeah, I mean it works. <laughs> do you okay, uh, I, I do wanna before we before we crack on with the content of the show, I do want because we have a lot of wonky shit to do today. If anything, it's going to be a danger wonk. But I'm nice. pleased that you managed to get that in there. Well done. I wanted to say before we get into the rest of the content uh, that um, do you say Jordan Peterson, there's a huge article on Jordan Peterson in New Yorker where um, I can't remember who it was, but a journalist went to go interview him for a while and just came off with the impression that he's a vacuous dullard. Which is true. Yeah. I mean, but, is that is that news to anyone? Well, it's what's, the, no what's one, the point of this story? It's no one has. Uh, there are two points. There's a major point, which is that no one has written about Jordan Peterson like he truly is a vacuous dullard. Except have in like, they not? Well, in current affairs in Jacobin they have, but most most like mainstream like portrayals of Peterson are that oh he's a dangerous intellectual who's telling truths that people don't want to hear. But that's because like most of the mainstream press are staffed with the kind of morons that Peterson is speaking to. Exactly. So there's. Now we have a mainstream article about Peterson that says, no, he's a dumbass. I see, because it's a mainstream yeah. thing. It's because okay. whenever so, Jordan Peterson is talking, it has all the other Muppets agreeing with him. That's what is, it's all the same guy. I was thinking about this the other day. Is he supposed to be like a philosopher? Like a kind of Chomsky-esque figure? Like a public intellectual? No, or is a, he just like a journalist? No, he's, like he's, he's supposed to be a public intellectual, but he's yeah. a stupid person, smart person. But his relation to political theory is like he like like Chomsky's a linguist, but he's also now just a political thinker, sort of just by I know who having Chomsky done is. it. But <laughs> I'm, I'm making an analogy. Take much Thank like you, much Riley. stop showing off, Grace. <laughs> I'm, I'm making so an analogy. Sorry. Much like Chomsky is a linguist, but is now a political thinker just by what he said. Peterson's a clinical psychologist, but is now just a political thinker by what he said. He's not like a journalist. So he was a clinical psychologist. Yeah, but he's an evolutionary psychologist and young yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, So he's he basically thinks there should be no redistribution because all hierarchies are natural, except sexual redistribution because the government owes him a girlfriend. So there is this weird yeah. strand of like mysticism in like that's linked to Jung in lots of different religions that is all mm. to do with how like um, spiral dynamics about how like human, like it's kind of Hegelian 
in that it's like human society is slowly evolving based on learning from previous kind of iterations and and that learning happens like over the course of an individual life and like throughout the whole of throughout the like whole of you know human history and so there's this like like they have like like the spiral dynamics thing is really really weird they have like colors for like what stage of development you're at and it's allegedly linked to like young and like um you know they like how you know you achieve the like levels of self-actualization through like mindfulness and buddhism but it's actually just like this like super fucking freaky elitist shit it sounds like montessori Kind oh, yeah. of, I guess. <laughs> Baby signing for the human race. Yeah. I mean, it's all, yeah, it's very, very strange. What is the baby but sign for? What, well, if you start shouting, you're already losing the argument. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I, love when my, I love when my infant child owns me with logic. Hell yeah. Um, no, it's, it's not hard. Jordan Peterson. Not because of you, because logic is dumb. Oh, of course. No, logic, no like, logic is stupid. Freedom of speech is the worst possible, <laughs> the worst possible virtue. Uh, and property is uh, d- deserves to be a nuked. social construct. Anyway, what I want to say is that what Jordan Peterson did is he's so angry at socialist realism as a version of a, as like an art. That form is what I saw. Yeah, that he Twitter. has purchased hundreds and hundreds of pieces of socialist realism well, to have just in his house. Push up the price of yeah. socialist realism. That's like, that's oh my god, Jordan Peterson's an art pump and dump scheme. <laughs> yeah, he's a cryptocurrency scam from the internet. <gasps> It's the new tulips. <laughs> my my wow. man, Jordan, Jordan Peterson likes to um, think he's like hard and masculine, but he's my man a tulip. The most, the most alpha thing a man can do is get involved in multi-level marketing. <laughs> Wait, and if you're interested, I actually have a lot of paintings you can buy and sell to your friends. Is that what Jordan Peterson sounds like? No, I actually, I, think, I actually think that Jordan Peterson sounds a lot more panicked and a little bit more like he's on the verge of tears. Like, like alpha, like masculinity and shit. Yeah, but because he sounds like Kermit. Make sense, right? He sounds very scared and panicked. Like he's about to, like he has this very fragile grasp on his own masculinity. Yes. So it makes sense yes, to kind of does. project that on everyone else. Okay, this all makes sense now. I mean, I've never actually bothered listening to him, but from the description that you guys have given me, he sounds like a really <laughs> good guy. Jordy Peets. Yeah, Jordy Peets, uh, the main, the we're main not, boy. We're not technically here to talk about Jordy Peets. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, we're here to talk about wonky stuff. We're here to, Jordy Peets makes me think about a guy called Pete who's from Newcastle who just really loves destroying women with logic. Like, well, if you're if you if you like you're shouting, you're already another, losing the another argument. Another person that Wait, sounds no, that like every a, that man that I York, ever met. Oxford. Fuck, I did a Yorkshire accent. That was really <laughs> a guy from Newcastle who loves destroying women with logic. That wasn't the right. That <laughs> uh, wasn't the right accent. Not the Newcastle That's the worst bit, part. Just yeah. destroying women with logic. I mean, I, mean, I don't know why women specifically. They they mainly like destroying other men with logic. Oh yeah. But like, it's less easy to do because mm-hmm. if you're a woman listening to that shit, you'll just be like, lol. And walk away, which to him is like a win. Whereas yeah. if you're a man and you engage, yeah. it's like, well, actually, um, <laughs> this, this and uh, formal logic suggests that. Well, I remember doing all the little. You guys would have done the the weird symbols, right, for logic? No. No. Oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I what, what always have gets come me across it, but I didn't. Say what it. always, what always gets me. Oh, yeah. what, what always gets me is that all of those logic pedants only know one fallacy. <laughs> They only know ad hominem. So you need to know because they, you can reduce everything to just one chain of reasoning. Well, it's like it's like <laughs> there are tons and tons of different kinds of fallacies, like the fallacy of the undistributed middle, or you could be you could do engaging in the what? affirmation of the consequent, and it, none of them know what those are. What's your favorite fallacy? Ooh, I I know what mine is, but I'll I'll let Wait, you go. What, what's, what's I mean? Yours? What's your what's favorite fallacy? Oh fuck! I can't. I can't remember the names of all the fallacies. You can describe it. We'll get. We'll. We'll tell you what it is. 
I don't know. I don't have one. I don't oh, wow. Oh. Sounds to me like an argument ad absurdum. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite fallacy? Oh, it's the undistributed middle. Okay. Good one. Okay, that is a good one. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's yours? Uh, the sunk cost fallacy. Oh, uh, I mean, as a wonk. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> dumb. Like, it describes a lot of like government policy failures. Oh man! In terms like of, HS2. I mean, we were we've been talking about in terms of we've been talking about government policy failures. This is a little preview of an upcoming episode, but um, I think that like anytime the conservatives are in government, D, the position of DCMS minister is just a way to humiliate someone. So the app, we're going to talk about the app. Oh, right? not not just the app, but um, Matt Hancock had to meet a bunch of grime MCs. When did this happen? Uh, a couple of years. Like, you know how Grime got like really popular again a couple of years ago? I'm aware vaguely so, of the phenomenon. You're talking about artists such as Stormzy. Would I be correct? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Grime of the ancient mariner. <laughs> My Sorry, question, my, on? my question, led, my question led way of talking is seeming a lot more patronizing than I'd like it to. Um, okay, so in as much as when grime got popular a couple of years ago, mm. um, the a lot of the grime artists were invited to uh, Whitehall to like partake in some kind of ceremony where some of them were like getting OBEs or whatever. Yeah, and then Matt Hancock, I think, went up to JME. And then said, ah, oh, yes, grime represents, you know, it, it, it's wonderful and very British. Conservatism. And, and rep yeah, represents individual <laughs> achievement and not relying on anyone else. And it's like he tried to make grime Thatcherite. Oh, that's so cute oh, yeah. and sad. It is, it is like your dad trying to talk to your slightly urban boyfriend. I mean, look, have we all had some wine? Yes. <laughs> have we all basically forgotten why we're here? Yes. But everyone listening to I haven't forgotten why I'm here. But the thing is, everybody <laughs> listening to this is hogs and you all fucking love it. <laughs> so it Oh my god, matter. it's like it literally couldn't be more than me my scent. What it's like to listen to a podcast. Oh yeah. Everyone here thinks that we're all like hanging out. We're not. Yeah. We're we're literally in different parts of the country. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I, I would well, never I normally am. Well, why? he's normally in a different country. Yeah, I'm normally. Oh, you're normally yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm normally remote. Like deep, deep yeah. state stuff. Deep state, yeah, he's me. the deep state. <laughs> the <laughs> MI, Mi <laughs> Milo is actually short for MI6. Uh, you've made that it's joke both, many it's times. It's both before, longer and doesn't make I sense. I actually haven't. Really? Yeah, this is time number one. I'm not very smart. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, That's right. Yeah, she has a team of writers. I have a team of writers. Oh, oh. Thank you. Anyway, I don't get it. Riley did a gesture for this audio medium. For the Love. benefit of the listener of the three brackets. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, you did yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, worked yeah. really well. <laughs> anyway, so the Sunday Times recently came out with their rich list. That's bad. Mm. And we're going to find out why. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> Let me get yeah, my yeah. statistics out with my phone. Wait, are we going we gonna to find out why they're rich or why the Sunday Times did the list? Because I we think can the do latter both. is we can do much all more of explicable. It. I, mean, I mean, I think, I think they're, they're, they're okay. I'm switching slightly out of like, you know, drunk idiot mode and into drunk idiot with a point mode. I didn't agree to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. It's like it's there. There's why are they so rich? Why have they gotten so much more rich? And why do we valorize them for being rich? Especially when some of them are just rich because like they're related to a French person from a thousand years ago that killed a lot of Saxons. I mean, I can do all of those. 
We'll start by just saying that the top 1,000 people have about 724 billion pounds worth of wealth this year. And it took... It took the members of the Sunday Times Richest because they do this every year. They like they look into how much wealth they have. And the way they do it is like estimating the value of the assets of all the like super rich people, which you can vaguely do because a lot of them own like a certain stake that's known of like, you know, publicly quoted shares or they have a set of our property and whatever. So They've this got guy, a Patreon, you know. Exactly. The guy at the Sunday Times like estimates how much they're worth. And then they actually call him up and be like, oh, what are you talking about? I'm not worth that much. I'm worth this much. And then it's this whole thing. Um, so apparently this year they have 724 billion pounds worth of wealth. It took them four years to recover the, from the financial crisis. And it took nominal wages. So, I mean, the average wages of, um, sorry, real wages, the average wages of most people in the population, they still haven't recovered to what they were in 2007. So rich people are doing pretty well. The top Shocking. One, shockingly, <laughs> the top 1,000 people have, when you compare that to the Wealth and Asset Survey, 5.7% of our nation's wealth. Guess how much the bottom 50% have. Can I make a guess that it you is less than... Guess. Is it less than 5.7%? It's more, slightly... Uh, I bet it's an insultingly small amount more, though. Are you going to guess? Like, because there's going to be a prize. 8%. 6%. Wrong. (laughs) It's 8.7%. Hell yeah. I'm the best boy. Uh, I was always the best. Whatever. The the bottom 50% is doing slightly better than the top couple. (laughs) 3% better. No, no. Actually, yeah. Wait. 5.7% to 8.7%. They say the rich have it tough. They have to manage all that money. I, it's who, really hard. Who has time to organize that many ivory back scratchers? It's like this one yeah. guy who's a hedge fund manager. So I was looking into this the other day when I was writing this article. And there's this like the richest hedge fund manager in England who has, I think it's like three billion pounds worth of wealth. And I was like looking up his like hedge funds annual report and being like, how much does he earn? How much would this give him like year on year? And so I looked it up and it was like, oh, the hedge fund's making like a 7% return. So it gives him like, you know, a couple of hundred million every year. And then like the editor came back to me and was like, oh, this report's from like 2014. So, you know, we don't know that this is the actual rate of return of this hedge fund. And I was like, oh, okay, no, that's a good point. I'll like look it up. And the reason I couldn't find any more recent annual reports was because it went private. So this guy decided I'm just going to manage my money and like some money of my my pals. And it turns out that the year he went private, he made a 50% rate of return on his, the amount of money. So it wasn't like his whole three billion, but the amount of money invested in his hedge fund. So had he invested all his money in that hedge fund, he would have made half of that back. Mm-hmm. And the next year it was 30%. It's like insane, the amount of money that you can make just by having money and then just watching it expand. They bought Bitcoin. <laughs> they probably didn't buy Bitcoin. Although they may have bought Bitcoin. No, I'm kidding. It was slaves. It was slaves. <laughs> JK. Say what you like about slaves, much better for the environment than Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> technically true. I mean, at some point, their money probably was... So they will have put money in banks that will have also received money from people that will have yeah. been doing people trafficking. Well, so well, that's also like how like the, you know, the... It's, it's, and this is actually good, uh, almost a preview of what we're getting into in the second half of the show, but it's like how the queen invests in Bright House. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, well, no, she didn't invest in Bright House. She gave her money to an offshore trust that invested in Bright House on her behalf as though that's somehow better. It's like people- What, what is Bright House? Uh, Bright House is a loan shark. 
Yeah. It's a mud shark. It's a low. It's a. Oh, what the hell is a mud? That would be way cooler (laughs) if the queen is kind of weird British (laughs) swamp shark. (laughs) (laughs) The queen is giving her money to endangered British swamp sharks. Would be so much cooler than what actually happened to make a kids animated TV series. I would love that. No, the remember queen, street sharks. She, of course, I remember remember street 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 sharks. Street shark. Oh my god, skeet sharks! Skeet <laughs> sharks is exactly my skeet. kind of Saturday morning cartoon show. Just shooting clay pigeons. It's like, what is street weird? shark we and have, skeet shark? We have fins. How would we even <laughs> manipulate the controls of a shotgun? Shut up and shoot them clays, boy. <laughs> okay, I'm lost. So, um, <laughs> don't worry. What 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 essentially? I think the, the the Sunday Times rich list tells us is that there are some people who, by virtue of having money, have an extraordinarily enormous amount more money now because yeah. they made the choice to have money. <laughs> or to buy a house in London in the 90s. <laughs> wow. And they didn't have avocados. They didn't have avocados. Now they have hundreds of millions of dollars. So pounds, pounds, I mean. of buying billions of avocados, which would have, in retrospect, given the high demand for avocados in various parts of London, may have been a better investment. Would have gone off by now, almost certainly. <laughs> That's a really stupid thing to say. Go, go Have off. you met an avocado? They don't go off very easily. Have you met an avocado? They're very bad <laughs> gift givers. <laughs> go off, king. Avocados are the go off kings. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, screw Jesse Farrar and his like game streaming bros, the go off kings. I don't know what that is. You guys are none too, of you, you none of you're you, too self referential. None of you guys spend any time on the internet. Even I don't know what that is. Okay, so Riley's too self referential. Being too internet referential, guys. Which is so the same Riley thing. References himself, I get it because I I know all there is to know. Unfortunately, that is sad for you. Well, we're just, we're just close bros. Close bros, bros, bros who hang. We're just bro, we're just we're just hang bros. Just just hanging out without. I wish I could take a picture of you out. right now with both of your faces, just looking at me like, please, please, please say please something that gets stop. us out of this loop. Um, oh, yeah. I'd like to actually get out, get back into the rich list loop. Yeah, the, so the, back the into the rich loop. list loop. So what we, we were talking about avocados. Yeah. I was about yeah. to make a point actually before I was so okay. rudely interrupted uh-huh. about how had you Science invested. Your so like when I looked at the top fifty people on the rich list, there were sixteen who were property moguls, there were eight who were financiers, and there are about six who are in like mining and commodities. Like two of them were in diamonds. It was like you know very dodgy stuff. Some so that's like almost a third of them who are in industries that just purely extract wealth from the rest of the economy. Mm-hmm. They're like rent based industries whereby you just take things you wait for their price to increase and then you sell them which is like (laughs) don't worry feel free to interrupt me i am a woman (laughs) oh no i was just gonna say for the for the for the listeners a definition of like rent yeah actually okay so that's annoying that you called me up on that because it's a really difficult thing to define but like the difference between rent and profit is essentially productivity so if you are a small business owner, you have like, you know, uh, a couple of thousand pounds in savings, you invest that money in starting a business, that business grows, you eventually end up employing people and you make profits. You've made those profits from doing something productive. 
if you instead, because the rate of return on just investing in property is higher, if you instead choose to take that money and put a deposit, I mean, I know I said a couple of thousand pounds, but say it was like a couple of hundred thousand pounds and you decide I'm going to invest in property and just wait for the value of that to increase, or I'm going to um, buy up already existing assets like equities and wait for the value of those to increase. There's a difference between the increase in kind of capital that you've gained from one thing or the other and it's basically like whether or not you've added anything to the economy mm-hmm. and like largely speaking we've moved away from a model whereby people invest their money in things that make stuff and employ people towards an economy in which people invest in things that just go up in value largely because and i mean really the big thing that's driving this is it's real estate largely because banks will lend money against real estate that will push up their value and give you a massive windfall gain. And ultimately that ends in 2007 and and it's restarted again afterwards. And the rich list somewhat reflects this sort of the fact that rent seeking is basically the best game in town. Exactly. And so like if you invested your money in property in, um, so I'm doing a report on this at the moment, actually, if you invest your money in property in 1979, it um, increased in value by 10 times by 2007 Consumer prices increase by about five times over that same period and wages increase by just over two times over that period. And so this really gives the lie because here's the thing. One thing that like I find sort of happens quite often, especially especially in sort of a lot of mainstream discourse in the UK, comes out around um, <laughs> a lot of people who say, well, I'm working class, but I'm rich now because I worked hard. And everyone who is trying to create a more fair society is actually just patronizing Mm -hmm. because they're saying, oh, well, now the working class can't work hard, whatever. The Brendan O'Neill point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nate, uh, edit in um, the Brendan O'Neill theme song. (laughs) 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 But that's the thing. It's, it's, it is, there is a staunch, there is. It, it, it's a weird, almost cultural schizophrenia where there is, we are at the se- at once unwilling to accept that a lot of these people were sort of buoyed to the great heights. Well, it's not schizophrenia. If anything, it's actually more well, consistent. No, it's, it's the it's opposite of schizophrenia. It's functional to the system, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, the reason that it works is because it's associated with a particular form of political economy, yeah. which is pension fund capitalism and propertarian democracy. So most of the people that now support the system are older people who've made massive windfall gains on the increasing value of their property since 1979 and so are how like, why are there all these polish people around here <laughs> well yeah maintaining <laughs> like, their property <laughs> yeah literally so it's associated with you know a particular uh kind of alliance between the people that make the most money out of the system which is the kind of top one percent and the top i mean largely the top 50 percent of the electorate not the top 50% of the population in socioeconomic terms. Because they always imagine that they are almost about to be part of the top 1%. I think it's partly that, and it's also just partly a very rational thing of like voting for the conservatives in the 1980s based on the premise that you would become very rich very quickly was true. But that was based on this model of like debt-fueled consumption, which ultimately led to 2007. It was able to you know, go on for an extended period of time, partly because of low global interest rates, partly because of like the massive deregulation of the banks. But eventually it reached its apogee. And by that point, a lot of those people have cashed out. So it was rational. Guys, all you need to remember about 2007 is everything would have been fine if instead of Lehman Brothers, we'd had Lehman Sisters. Am I right, guys? It's so true. You know what? By What was the, the thing that was on Twitter the other day was like, it wasn't the other day, it was ages ago. It was like, 
liberal feminists. No, no, no. Marxists. Five people are going to own the world by 2050. Liberal feminists. Fine. But three of those need to be women. It's the higher more women yeah. guards thing. <laughs> 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 the pinned tweet of the whole internet, hire more women guards. But that's the... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was that's good. The, it's the... Um, well, but, it, it, all of these... I mean, these things are more natural. women in the Wehrmacht. That is now the official <laughs> policy. The, okay, these are not... I mean, obviously, these are not natural forces. I mean, a lot of liberals, I think, like to pretend that well, it is natural forces. It depends how you define natural, right? Yeah, natural it's it's a natural logic. part of the adaptation of capitalism to the profit squeeze of the 1970s. Well, if I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing one level up almost where I'm like, a lot You're of just up here. I'm just like fourth dimensional I'm, I'm chess. Here, right? This He's guy, like, yeah. this guy living in 3018 right here. My man, I mean, no. one more level of abstraction. My, my man oh putting his, my hand, god. his head in his hands because he knows. Oh, oh my god! Look at her butt. It's so, no, um, what Stop. I mean is, is if you go one further level of abstraction, like, I think there is a lot of desire on the part of uh, ge- people who are generally liberals to say that more or less the society we're living in now is basically natural, yeah, and that and any attempt to manage it further, any attempt to change it, is going against human nature. And they would say, and so as mm. it sort of logically follows from their conclusions that this level of inequality is basically natural and basically good because anything, if we try to do it, make anything better, we'll make it worse. And so we end up valorizing the people at the top because we assume that because the hierarchies are natural, (laughs) that they're naturally brilliant. Except today, Elon Musk tweeted a fucking snail and then said, his name is Gary, as though this is 2004 and we're still doing very random humor. I mean, like SpongeBob is really good, so I don't know what the fuck you're like negging SpongeBob about because that hurt my feelings. Well, negging SpongeBob <laughs> implies that we're trying to fuck SpongeBob. <laughs> Which I don't know. I don't know there if you've ever. Holes. Any hole is a goal, as they say. <laughs> Who says that? Name me one people. Name me one person who says that. Wait, I bet they oh, love Jordan uh, Peterson. He... I bet they love Jordan Peterson. Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Wasn't he? Kind you know, of that's a, a great yeah because he both fucked a lot and also spent his whole life studying black holes. And, wow, that and, is good. Okay, I, okay. I have an apocryphal tale. An, an ex-girlfriend said that so she. You're saying that it's a lie before you tell the story. Well, I think it feels yeah. apocryphal. But an ex-girlfriend of mine said that a couple of her friends pennied Stephen Hawking and were thereby banned from. No, no, that's true. That happened while I was at Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, that's real. That's <laughs> no, so real. she was at uh, Queens. This happened at Keys. Yeah, well, I think they went to a Keys high right, table, yeah, yeah, pennied yeah. Stephen Hawking, and then were banned from Keys. Did, <laughs> did, did he go with it, though? Uh, no. I oh. don't think he's physically able to, or was <laughs> yeah, physically I able to. The, yeah. I genuinely think the most... Imp- <laughs> I, I, genuinely think, I think if Stephen Hawking were to try to, like... I don't know when I wasn't given a date about Ste- where this yeah. was. Okay, you know? were, were Stephen Hawking to try to neck Ooh, a drink, I think like, he'd need a foam dome. Two, two yellow, like, I've 13. seen the theory of everything. He was, at one point, able to neck... Yeah, oh my God. He was yes. able to fucking crush a brewski. Yeah, and he was fit in as fact, well, according to that. I film, heard, so. uh, yeah, he was Eddie Redman. Yeah. Stephen, Stephen Hawking, <laughs> official position of the show, very cool guy, very nice. Uh, a low, low-key socialist and cool guy. Yeah, Smart generally great guy. He like worked with my my good pals IPR, like Laurie, yeah. on this NHS campaign stuff. But generally very, very exceptional man. But genuinely yeah. the most impressive thing he ever did was cheat on his wife multiple times. That's not true or funny. <laughs> <laughs> my whole career 
<laughs> ruined in one sentence. <laughs> anyway, so what I what the point I want to get to is that we valorize these rich people, right? Mm. We put them on lists and we say that they're heroes and we say they're job creators and we mm. imagine that they're somehow important to the system continuing on as it is, which they only are in its worst respects, I think. Where would the world of crime be without Donald Trump Jr.? <laughs> Way less obvious. No, it's also like any child of any like horrifyingly bad politician. You know, well, Mark the Hawaiian Thatcher. shirts be there without some- Hawaiian Coke. <laughs> Our favorite fancy boy. Can could just any average Joe make a show oh, that's perfect for God, the boardroom yes. and the yacht? No. The discotheca? <laughs> where, what would you, you need, wear no, to the discotheca? That's, the, that's, that's, the, that's where the Charles Murray argument comes in. You need the genes of a rich man to be able to make a shirt that can effortlessly transition, transition from the boardroom to the discotheca. those shirts go perfectly with jeans. I am so lost right now. Or slacks. You remember Wyatt Coke, the guy who made the bad Hawaiian shirts? No. One no, of the, the rich... Coke, the Coke brothers. Like stuff. the Coke brothers. brothers. Yeah. Yeah, one of the he Coke made, brothers. That's how they made no, their money. No, no, they Hawaiian had one shirts. of them. <laughs> You're telling me that the Coke brothers made their money from Hawaiian shirts. One of them had a kid, or like one of their like, had a kid, and the kid used his infinite money to, to create make Hawaiian shirts. A company that makes Hawaiian shirts that just have bags of money instead of Hawaiian designs. That's really good. The Hawaiians were actually we did really whole, into old timey bank robbing. We, we kept we kept trying wow. to do an episode that wasn't entirely about that, but we just ended up doing ended an episode doing entirely anyway. about that. Yeah. It was like, okay, so this is really lame, but I was watching Brooklyn Nine Nine yesterday, and okay. one of the checks recent, out so far. One of the recent episodes is like they do it. Have you guys seen The Godfather? Because I definitely haven't. Oh yeah, they do a joke about. Not? I mean, like, oh, like this is oh, just more, like more men every, in Oxford, Milo. No, no, no. There's another Twitter thing, which is like going on a date with random white men is just a series of conversations punctuated by "How have you not seen this?" Like, except usually, but with Noel and I. What? Exactly. Girls <laughs> <laughs> did this to me about The Lion King because until recently I hadn't seen it. That's fucked up. But this is so I'm, not a, I'm not a Disney no, fan. That's like a big part of what like, should be your emotional development. No, that's why my therapist had to give me a list because I never yeah, saw Disney movies. Are, like, dark. This is, you've been watching somehow, like Clockwork Orange and The Godfather and your <laughs> brains are like turned to like violent yeah, Somehow mush. I was able to turn out into a completely normal and functional adult without it, as we all know. Just don't say anything to that. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm a deeply troubled individual. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have no income. <laughs> You need Jordan Peterson. <laughs> I'm just He'll eating. tell you how to make I'm money. Stand up straight. Skills. Imitate a lobster. <laughs> Clean your room. Be- become able to replicate yourselves without aging. <laughs> right. I still so, don't but, get any of this stuff. But anyway. what I mean is, why do we make these people heroes? So, I think. <laughs> Firstly, your whole spiel about how liberals are obsessed with the idea that the government shouldn't intervene in the economy because these people know exactly what they're doing is probably right, I think, in the States and before the financial crisis. But today, they are increasingly on board with the idea that capitalism doesn't work when left to its own devices because it's just so, like, obvious, right? So there is an element of 
there like are a small number of people probably like crazy libertarians and extreme liberals who think that if you just leave men to compete with one another and like gouge each other's eyeballs out until someone emerges as king then that's a good way to run a society but i think the vast majority of people actually do realize that privilege begets privilege and money begets money and the Stop the way out my tinder bio <laughs> So then why do we worship these people as heroes then? But I don't think we do. Like, the, you know, having, like, I've done this stuff on all these talk shows recently and people call in and they're like, some of them are like, well, some of these people have left their money, have made their money themselves, so leave them alone and I don't really care. That's the Lord Sugar made his, Lord Sugar came from a council estate. Yeah. That argument. You know, and the guy who's the most richest guy, uh, the richest guy is um, Jim something. I can't remember. I, should, yeah. I have it. I have Lord, it. In my Lord notes, Sugar but... is like a fail dad because he invented all these like terrible inventions, but still somehow became rich. Like the Amstrad email. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's one of my favorite things. It is like the Homer mobile of phones. <laughs> It's like a guy like it was like that period in like the late nineteen days. People were like, "There's this new thing called the interwebs." <laughs> How will people access it? We're gonna put telegraph on Fire it. Fire a landline phone. <laughs> I want can we get an Amstrad emailer for the podcast like to be fair that whole mindset is 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 like a manifestation of capitalism because by like chucking loads of money into fiber optic cables that required a huge amount of capital to lay down presuming that they would consistently increase in value thereby creating a bubble which obviously ultimately popped it's basically the same thing as what happened in between like 1979-2007 you just continue plowing money into things into assets that you presume will continue to increase in value with no reference to the underlying value of the actual thing that you're buying and eventually obviously it's Minsky eventually it just it just fucks you well, it, it, it all turns into you know multi-level market it, it's Amway it all turns it's into Ponzi mul- finance yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, except it's the people just that a Ponzi know scheme. like cash out at the right time and then they're all fine and also I mean even the ones that don't you know because all the middle classes are invested in this model because it's all locked up in their homes and their pension funds the government steps in and says we're going to do QE and reflate asset prices until and you know creating this kind of zombie economy that we're in now which has no growth like incredibly low productivity and like zero wages and so then the, the Sunday Times rich list sort of merges as a kind of like element of the superstructure of that right like we're just i mean it's very it's very much the structure it's the base right that is like the the sunday times rich list is the people on the sunday times rich list are both the like remnants of the pre-2007 model and the you know like seed from which the new model will emerge which is just going to be another form of ass price inflation which will create another asset like another crisis left tinder bingo le- dating left tinder <laughs> men bingo card that's dialectics baby oh my god dude <laughs> but i think when i when i said I, I, that that's part of this the the superstructure it's that suggesting that these people are special specially talented right, yeah. specially deserving or specially deserving of recognition by putting them on an honorary list despite the fact that that list is incredibly gauche um is the the fact of putting them on a list feels a bit super structury so i think the sunday times rich list is like symptomatic of a broader trend which is not just an increase in the share of national income going to capital rather than labor but an increased share of national income going to rentiers as in people who purely extract 
um, wealth and income rather than those who create it over um, capital itself. And of course, there is a lot of kind of harmony between those two groups, like in, to an increasing extent, most firms, most like traditional capitalists, whether they're the Googles and Facebooks or, you know, the general monopolies of this world are also rentiers in the sense that they are like using their monopoly position to extract from the rest of the world. So there is not this great separation between those two things. But, you know, modern capitalism, whether you call it monopoly capitalism, whether you call it neoliberalism or financial capitalism, is a system of extraction. It is not a system that allows for the improvement of the lives of most of the people that are involved in it. Well, the Sunday Times bitch list, am I right? <laughs> so Put it in the bin. <laughs> so there's, I mean, there's another enormous and sort of throbbing scab of inequality that's occurring in the wow, UK. Wow, that was vivid. In this, well, I, I, that's how I think of it. Is it on Boris Johnson somewhere? <laughs> oh, no. No, that's a blister of inequality, and there are many of them. Oh, God. <laughs> Although true, from what I hear. Wait, is that libelous? Nate, edit that out. Yeah, yeah, you, said, <laughs> you said from what I hear, it's fine. Okay. Nate, edit out the libel. Um... <laughs> no, it's the the other the other sort of throbbing, blistering wound of inequality on the UK is the continued existence of the royal family, Woo! which is which it, what some of which are enjoying a wedding uh, this weekend. Now, my brain is going in a lot of directions about this thing, and I think there are two ways we could take it. Uh, I'd like to cover both, but I'll I'll leave it How to you guys. How do we not be boring and just say we're all Republicans and we hate the idea of the royal family, but we still think Meghan Markle is really fit? We have a royal wedding coming up, which is highlighting one of the... When you say we, is that because you, as a Canadian, are a member of the Commonwealth? I'm a full resident. I'm a resident of the UK at this point. Oh, okay. Sorry. That was super racist of me. Yeah. So, looks like you just did win Rush. <laughs> Sorry, Amber Rudd. Riley's, Riley's just not feminist enough to be Canadian. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. I wasn't feminist enough, so they sent me to this country. Yeah, um, fair. No, Riley's so never protected me in an elevator. There is, there, it, the thing is, by the time we're recording, there is a royal wedding... In some point in the future, uh, when will when this episode will be released to the public, there will have been a royal wedding at some point in the past. Oh, the pageantry, okay. the royal wedding. Uh, it's happening tomorrow. It's bad. <laughs> Why is it bad? I mean, like, I don't have a particular economic perspective on why this is bad. It's just obviously bullshit. Of course. Like, I mean, I have nothing against either of them. Obviously, oh, I, I Meghan Markle is stunningly beautiful and like I would 100% marry her if I could Harry's pretty fit too and obviously he's got a fuckload of money so I'd probably marry him too but we shouldn't have to fucking pay for it especially when there's like what is it it was the whole thing today about how people are allowed to camp outside to wait for the wedding except the homeless Except the they're homeless, not allowed, which reminds me, it, it is similar to the whole thing about how expats get to call themselves expats rather than immigrants. It's like where you position yourself in the like line of respectability in relation to a particular event, whether it happens to be a royal wedding or you're having left a country, is more determinant of like your legal status than what you actually are, which seems fucking insane. Yeah, although <laughs> I always feel like kind of you you can call yourself an expat if you're intending to go back. Whereas you're definitely an immigrant if you're intending to stay. But surely, like, most immigrants leave their country thinking, <laughs> I am forced to leave my country. I would obviously like to go back at some point I mean, in the future. I'm, I wasn't forced to leave Canada. I'd very much like to stay in the UK. But though. you're an expat. I think I, I think of myself as an immigrant because I think of an immigrant 
Look, this is slightly sort of. This is almost I was a little. About that thing, no, Ryan is actually a POC person of this Canada. Is, <laughs> Oh my god! No, this is <laughs> this is like this. This is P-O-T, like you <laughs> crushing this, that devil's lettuce. This is like this is like troublingly sincere for me at this point. No, I'm sorry, um, we were listening to which you. is that this I, is your I le- acoustic album. I, le- I left emotions. Canada. Remember the emotions. I would very much actually like to stay in Britain because basically Britain has become home for me. Are you proposing? Uh, yes, but <laughs> marry Eugenie, Beatrice, <laughs> <To> Emma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it 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 it, it has. So I I think I think of myself as an immigrant because I would like to in the next couple of years become legally British because I guess I hate myself. The, the much yeah, weirder sequel to do. Legally Blonde. Yeah, with like way more just like fascist Kafka legally British <laughs> trying to prove that you've been in the country for long enough. Anyway, yeah, it, it um, all makes sense. Yeah. So one of the what, uh, there are a couple of points about the royal wedding that this I think is are are worthy of Reese 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 Witherspoon Reese Witherspoon with a spoonerism. That was bad because of a spoonerism. spoonerism. That we should, was we should go to spoons. Yeah, can we go somewhere with good food before spoons? We have so much wine here. Why don't we just stay and drink that and eat the cheese? That's a great yeah, idea. The cheese isn't gonna be enough. You don't think so? There's like, there's there's like half left. of a very small cheese left. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, it's we can figure it out. One of the one <laughs> of the tropes that I okay, uh, Prince Harry, who don't forget has put on Nazi clothes before. That's true. Uh, you I, cannot I forget actually, that. Though, I do respect <laughs> Harry's life. Oh my god! <laughs> no. Every five minutes. <laughs> Not the Nazi costume. Not the Nazi costume. That was obviously bad. No, I mean, I respect Prince Harry's, like, not giving a fuck about, like, what he should do and say. Like, well, at least for a period there was that. Whereas, like, William has always been like, oh, the good boy, do the thing. Uh, whereas Harry has, like, just had this, just, oh, yeah, well, fuck it, I'll do cocaine off a hooker in Las Vegas and let people take photos of it. What the you fuck know ever? What? I had, like, I had a weird thing today, and you guys are going to judge me so much this. I was on the tube, and I was, there was, like, some already reading. judging you. There, yeah, there was someone reading the Metro and I like saw the front of it and I like saw Harry and Meghan and it was like, I like read a little bit of it and I was like, oh, and they clearly really love each other and he clearly respects her. And then I was like, oh, they both get so much from their mother. And, and then I saw the thing about the Diana dress thing and I was like, actually, you know what? Maybe they'd both be really good kings. And then I heard myself say that and I was like, what the fuck just happened go to me? Off, Holy I'm a shit! Republican. Holy shit! Why? You just got you just you just like got a shot of superstructure right into the main like, line, literally into my eyeballs. It you felt just got so good though. I felt uh, like I was in harmony with the whole of society. Like everyone was agreeing with my thoughts. It was so you nice. Just, you dropped a pill of superstructure. <laughs> what I you injected did. it. I injected inject- it. Let's not be real. Okay. Let's be real. The thing is. Okay, pulling us back slightly onto track is that the Britain imagines that the royal family is key to its continued stability in terms of governance. Does it? Well, I think there is. I think they just find like they think of it yeah. as like a funny plaything. But secondly, yeah, it's like quaint. But secondly, yeah. it's imagined. Which I think it kind of is. To it be is. fair, but secondly, it's imagined as at best or no, at worst harmless, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And at best, an economic boon for the country because... People it, who think that are stupid, though. Well, of course Wait, they are. Wait, actually edit that out because that's mean to people who think that. <laughs> people who think that 
Keep that in. People who think that do not listen to this right? show. Um, yeah, and so we are in a situation, but so, but at the same time, I, I have a suspicion that since the last royal wedding occurred, the deterioration of <laughs> the guy who changes the sign days since the last royal wedding is in for a big day tomorrow because <laughs> he resets the counter. That's that is a full employment economy. Hell yeah. Um, that's, no. that's what modern Russia is like. They've got a guy doing everything. They've got guys who sit in cabins and watch the escalator in the metro. <laughs> it was so weird. It's a, like that it's a, when you so fun. When, but the thing is, there Can are multiple we... escalators in each metro, and so is there a guy for each escalator. They do nothing. That is like you know, like Minsky had this idea of an employer of last resort, whereby just like a lender of last resort, whenever you had like a serious economic crisis, the state would like employ people not the to just build of last holes, resort is podcasting, but. Exactly. Podcasting or watching escalators. This seems like a really important thing. You know, we the, could the have best... the royal family watching the country's escalators. Exactly. <laughs> so what we have is we have a number of people congregating in Windsor to see the royal wedding who were allowed to. And then a whole bunch of people in hands. Windsor, a whole bunch of people in Windsor who have been hustled out because they're camping. <laughs> yeah. These are big believers in hustle. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, we already talked about this, didn't we? In that your relationship to a particular event that is happening, royal wedding, for example, is determined by a variety of other identity-related issues, whether it's like the color of your skin or, you know, your class or various other things and that determines your legal status with regards to that particular issue so you can camp somewhere in a tent be a posh white person and that's fine so long as your tent is a union flag but like okay so th- there's like some some interesting as as you say like, you're really early for the new iphone no so there's there's like some really interesting like marginal issues here what if you are a very posh rich white guy that like has can't a- imagine it yeah, okay. So just imagine that. You have a horrible tent and I do actually have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who wants to get in that Milo's horrible <laughs> tent with him, please send to oh, a curious cat. <laughs> my DMs are open. Oh god. Oh my god, So basically, what if you're a posh rich white guy that like is camping and is indistinguishable from a homeless person that is also camping? How do they deal with that? That is something that I would genuinely like to know. How do they deal with that? This like, is like some philosophy of art shit, you know? <laughs> Does it matter who's the original? I mean, if, okay. Plato would say Let's, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, but like. Our homeless dudes just need to dress on, up in royal Here's wedding some controversy. <laughs> Platonism is the root of fascism. Wait, is that what? controversial? I mean, Surely it's not. I, I Surely it, it relates to what we were talking about earlier. I mean, I think it's not controversial between the two of us here, but it might be controversial. Oh, yeah. This way. Well, yeah, I mean, because... Like, literally philosopher like, kings. I mean... Like... Yeah, but I mean, like, the philosopher <laughs> kings are not supposed to be fascist. Like, well, that but they can like be if they want to. who spent so much time studying Plato that they have a vested interest in Plato not being a fascist, would say. Well, it's almost... It's, it's almost <laughs> as though... Plato, like, so... You want to know okay, what I wrote so, my dissertation on. on? I would love hold to know on. your no, no, this is no longer about the royal <laughs> wedding. This is now about this. We're talking about this now. <laughs> 
<laughs> because everyone around this table has extremely hard opinions on Play-Doh. <laughs> we're all we're all rock hard for this discussion. I mean, robbing like, members of the classical discourse. I don't even have a penis, and I'm hard for this discussion. Like, oh, yeah. I'm so excited for it to get going. Well, you do in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Because of who gave me the penis in the jar? Uh, we, we were talking oh, we were, about that. Yeah, 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 before yeah, we recorded. That, that's an inside joke for everyone who was here before we recorded. It yeah. was just. I always keep my penis in jar just in case someone wants to come in, ladies. You want to charge income tax? You have to come uh, into the jar where my penis is. Uh, wow. So play, that was uh, why is Plato not a fash? School. Why is Plato not fash? Why is Plato not fash? Well, because I mean, I presume everyone when they talk about Plato being a fascist, which is actually new to me, um, usually referring to the Republic. I presume where he advances the concept of philosopher kings. Yeah, but okay, okay, okay. Because Plato, even, okay, even Plato outside of Republic, okay, if you want to talk symposium, if you want to talk symposium, he's extraordinarily prescriptive and like what kinds of romantic partnerships anyone, should exist. Anyone who suggests that the symposium is about anything other than how much they all want to fuck little boys is gravely misguided. It's one of the, <laughs> it's one of the worst things ever written in all of classical philosophy, in my opinion. Plato's, we had to study I mean, no, what, I always, what I always remember about this symposium is that he theorizes, he theorizes yeah. an entire sort of category of people who lived, like, attached to one another permanently and just existed cartwheeling around it's, the world. It's a fucking bachelor party with a stenographer. That's what the symposium is. It's it's a really gay bachelor party like with a A long ass time ago. I feel like most of them were probably like, you know, on the, a very different wavelength. At the end of Play-Doh's so, symposium, they have a sexy dance done by two slaves and they all get so randy that they run off home yeah, to fuck. Obviously, because they were like this insane wealthy oligarchy who could do whatever the fuck they wanted. It's almost all the as time. though we have one of those now. Well, and we as do. we draw near to the end of this. And podcast, like the behaviors are not like, you know distinguishable from era to era but obviously you know the philosophy that they were yeah now they do on a private plane <laughs> <laughs> on their way to a sex island uh... got them makers hey Marker, we're going Craig, to fuck children jeffrey epstein Fuck some kids. I think wow. I think my Venga Boys wow. A were going Gross. to fuck children was better. Awful. Okay. But you know, fine, whatever. No, I mean there's like a question, right? About like how much how much of like Platonism is unique to a particular society in ancient Greece and how much of it is just like rich people being cunts to everyone else? Hang on, well, now, now we're now we're conflating the symposium with the rest of Plato, which I feel is oh unfair. Oh my god! <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you want to talk about the apologia? I'm ready to fucking go to battle with you on anything. <laughs> I just got some of your chair. Um, in my, oh no, it was it was lavender. The apologia is like weird, weird Plato because like most of most of what was actually the apologia, as in like Socrates' defense speech, was is recorded in Xenophon, and then and then Plato's apologia is like a weird, like kind of anachronous his own version of kind of what he thinks Socrates should have shared. You know, he like, gets according... a bad rap based on the opposite of non nominative determinism. Xenophon. He's the only ever out of balls. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very loose pun. <laughs> that was the loosest pun I've ever heard. Thank you so much. Okay, yeah. guys, yeah. you know what we're going to do for the next like 15 what? minutes? We're going to focus down. Okay. But we we all are millennials that have ADHD. Oh, so how are we gonna do that? And are you gonna give us that stuff? Open your lobes to called? page three hundred seventy nine. MDMA. <laughs> no, well that or um. I, there is generally a perception yeah. in Britain that all of these 
that spent that, that the royal family is basically good for Britain. That the royal family, even though we spend money on them from the taxpayer, <laughs> in the terms of the sovereign grant, mm-hmm. um, they actually generate more money in services per person than we pay to them. Yeah, that, there are people that say the royal family turns a profit. There are people that say that they're all lizards who come from the center of the moon, and they both make very convincing arguments. <laughs> well, I mean, if we took the value of their assets, liquidated them, and invested them properly, then they would turn a profit in Bitcoin. Uh, I mean, we know why it's an utter distraction. We know that wages are falling. We know that fewer people are owning property. We know that the Sunday Times rich list is controlling more and more of our society. We know it's a distraction. And yet there are people who insist that it's economically good for the country, that it continues to function. Do you remember how we talked about uh, fallacies earlier? Yeah, if Nate, many, if many Nate years it, ago, if many, Nate, many if Nate, if Nate ago. keeps it in, oh, okay, if Nate keeps it in, it's the same thing, right? It's when you believe something, you have a you have a cognitive investment in everything around you, like reinforcing that belief. Like you want to prevent cognitive dissonance. You don't want to simultaneously be invested in the idea that our economy works, our society works, the royal family is a good thing, and everything's probably fine, and also think oh, yeah, maybe actually the royal family isn't very good for our economy. Like, you know, there's no one actually comes out in any of these debates and says the royal family creates X amount in tourism revenues for the UK. Which, I mean, to be fair, at this point in time, because of the devaluation of sterling, like it will be creating more money for the economy than it did 10 years ago. But the argument hasn't changed. And I think that probably says more than anything else. Also, like if we really want to improve our current account deficit, then we should be doing a lot more to say, like reduce the problems of financial services and invest in manufacturing. But instead we're still talking about Pimp the Pimp out that- the queen. <laughs> Rent her out to other countries. You can have the queen Genuinely. for like a week. Yeah, that would be a good export. Airbnb queen. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. you know, it's just like... It, 100 quid a day plus cleaning fee. It's conservatism. It's just things are the way they are and therefore that's the way that we feel comfortable with them being and that's the way they're going to continue being for an extended period of time. Well, it's the the idea is among... You know, this is not something I believe. It, it's, it's the argument that I see made, which is that, well, the royal family is good for tourism. It brings people in. And ultimately, even though we pay a certain amount to them in the sovereign grant, um, they actually make us more money. It's the same thing as like finance, right? Which is like the finance sector brings us, um, it's 10% of the economy. It brings us, I, I can't remember how much it is in tax revenues, but it's like a large amount of tax revenues and employment is much less, it's like 4%. Um, and therefore we need to keep the finance sector even though we spent at least a trillion, if not two trillion, in direct costs on the financial crisis and but the recession. The Hiki and Shoreditch Box Park would go out of business. It's very important. The the indirect effects of the finance sector. Also, all of the cocaine dealers, they would be out of business. Now the leftists all, of these all do go- cocaine as well. <laughs> do they though? Can they afford it? So the, <laughs> one of the other things we, we hear is like, yeah, well, look, yeah, we give the royals a sovereign grant but they're paying for their own wedding out of their own money. They're not paying for their own wedding. They're, the only money that they get is derived from a tax. This is like when, when your dad gives you a tenner to buy your mum a birthday present when you're like 12. <laughs> that is genuinely what it is. <laughs> he paid with his own money. 
Uh, it's just it's just a hangover from the particular constitutional settlement that we decided to go with, which is this is actually Burkean idea that like maintaining a vestige of the past is better for the stability of our society than transforming things into something that could be better. And you know, it's bullshit. Yeah. And so anything that happens at the royal wedding, any 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 fluctuation, who's giving who away, um. The, who 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 wears like what? You Justin Trudeau like, will give Meghan Markle yeah. away. Oh my god! And then god, give himself away. The liberals would literally die. I yeah. think there wouldn't be any of them left. They would. They would, would no, just they have would an all aneurysm. ascend. They would. They, they, they it would. would be, literally, it'd be, it'd be rapture. It would be. It'd be rapture. <laughs> out of respect for women, he would then take Meghan Markle's surname. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't Ow, die out. <laughs> Justin Markle. Right, oh, I have to go Christ. now. Are yeah. we done? Um, okay. I think Leave we have it a sec. to be done. Leave it a sec. All right. I think we have recorded approximately enough for all the hogs today. Yeah. So I'm going to say- hogs. <laughs> Thanks, Grace, for coming here in your capacity as a private citizen. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. This, this, right. this was an absolute delight. Uh, and thank Still you also- for the starter. Thank you also to Ginseng for providing our theme tune. Uh, here we go. You can find it on Spotify. Uh, and who else do we have to say? Thank you to Nate for editing all of the things we ask him to edit. Thanks, Nate. You're the best. <laughs> all the things we ask him to edit. He doesn't edit all of them. Yeah. Um, I feel like Nate probably is going to get more overall general like mental disorders from editing this than he ever did from the army. <laughs> he has to listen to everything.